Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have our first Q&A of 2022. <laughs> we love answering and reading your questions. I totally wrote this script wrong, but that's fine. Um, it's <laughs> it Friday may- <laughs> for us people, right? so we're ready for our weekend. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, but it does make us feel more connected to all you guys in the community. So we really do love having these sessions with you guys. We can't get to every question today. So if we don't get to your um, your question in this time, don't worry about it, guys. We are going to definitely have another Q&A in the future. So just an FYI. Yeah, I, I think like once a quarter, these are great to do. Uh, so let's get started. We will see you at the table. Happy Friday to us. Happy Friday. Oh, I am more than ready for Friday. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Work is, when isn't work crazy, but like work is crazy in the sense that there's lots of projects going on right now. Um, And it just requires a lot of like coordinating and meeting and understanding programs and like And like a lot of mental capacity too. Like I am fried by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't even think about another decision at all. (laughs) I know um, earlier today, you know, I was meeting with one of my, um, one of my bosses, (laughs) many, uh, and we were talking about, you know, coming up with a plan and all this different stuff. And she was like, well, what do you think the best, the best way to do this would be? And and I'm like, can you get back to me on Monday? I honestly can't tell you what I think the best way is because I'm trying to finish something else right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's interesting depending on who you work for and where you work. Like some people are totally fine with that. And other people are just like, uh, n- no, I need, I need an answer now. What do you, what do you Oh, I-, I hate those kind of people. Yeah. Cause it's like, I just, I just say, you know what? I don't have an answer for you. I don't want to give you, you know, uh, the right. wrong answer. I can give you my response to what I think now, but that is not my answer and they need to be okay with that. I think but I think that kind of confidence comes with time mm-hmm. after working, you know, with a company and also just being in corporate America, I guess, yeah. you know, and knowing who you are and being comfortable with who you are, where you can say things like that to people. Yeah. There are times I tell uh, Matt things that I say to my bosses and he's like, you can say that. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's the kind of relationship I have with them. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know, that's positive. I, I will say I, I do also like my bosses too. They're really great. And, you know, it's, it is really important to surround yourself with positive people um, mm-hmm. when it comes to your work. Cause they always say that you don't really quit jobs, you quit management. Amen. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's really important that you, you know, for our listeners who are working, um, you know, to have like a positive space, right. And a positive team to help you get through the tasks. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's our little, that's spiel our about spiel working. about the work week, <laughs> working, working <laughs> in corporate America. Oh man. It has its pros has its cons, but yeah, that's where we're at right now. Um, so here's something interesting before we get into the Q and a, like we obviously in Thurston Villa, we like to just chat first and just like be really human. no way. <laughs> I was like no way <laughs> just be regular humans um and I heard something interesting and I tested it out okay remember how Poshmark said that they were going to revert back to 
the original, like just shared the way their search was before. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, if you do a little search on Poshmark and many people have started to do this, they mm-hmm. have reverted back to that newer algorithm that they came up with where it was relevance over just shared. So when you go in, it looks like it's just shared, but if you're actually searching through the items, it's not. The first four are just shared and then it's relevance. And then it's just like it was before, just shared and then relevance. So they have reverted back without saying anything, sneaky, sneaky. Um, And, but the, the, the filter is just shared, even though that's not what it is. Oh my God, I fell for it. Right. So I didn't notice. I didn't notice that. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Because I noticed over the last, so, so interestingly enough, I'm making sales every day. Like that hasn't changed. I'm not saying that they're great sales. Okay. There are many different things happening in the world that are going to relate to what sales are right now for many people. Right. But I have noticed that my, I guess notifications are very different. Like I feel like I'm getting a lot of newer Poshmark sellers coming to my closet. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of like Google search people. A lot of Google search people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, a lot of likes, but not necessarily like buying likes. You know what I mean? Like like they're liking things without Mm -hmm. actually understanding what the like process is. So I'm curious, does this mean that they're prioritizing certain people and their notifications don't necessarily look different. They're more of just um, a lot of maybe newer people or just new or um, maybe frequent flyers that buy a lot or like, you know, getting pushed to you. Like, like, what is it? What are the metrics that they're using? Because like, it's not dead. My notifications aren't like a month ago where everything just stopped. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. It, that The notifications have been fine. I have a theory that has something to do with that ambassador Two program. Oh, and like yeah. They're trying to push that really hard. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the people who actually are spending, you know, 23 hours of their day on, on the site mm-hmm. are getting those benefits. I can't prove that, but that's my, that's my conspiracy theory. I mean, in terms of AI and everything that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like it does. You would, you would program your bot, your, because that's what an algorithm is, right? It's just a, it's, it's a bot, basically. It's a bunch of code put together. Um, It has to filter through somehow. So you need to set parameters and your parameters would make sense to be ambassador two Mm -hmm. over ambassador, just a regular ambassador. Right. Exactly. It's very, like, this is to be continued every week. We're Mm -hmm. probably going to discuss it Mm -hmm. because for them to revert back without saying anything means that they still need to work on it, but they don't want everyone to like be up in arms so let's <laughs> and be yelling at them. Be, so let's <laughs> let's make this happen in the background, but still push sales to the people that we need to push sales to so that they don't lose their mind on us again. That's true. That's true. I mean, you can I, make I, that work. But I just thought it was fascinating because when I started searching, I was searching last night for stuff like Mm -hmm. sourcing related things. And I found a few things for myself. And I was like, why is it so easy for me to find these things for myself again? It's because they're all within the same first few pages that I'm looking at on Poshmark. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. That is very interesting, though. I do like that. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep you guys posted on kind of what we're what we're seeing, because now I'm. My eyes are open. I'm going to be, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be, yeah, you've I'm going to be two looking. Two techies here that are going to yeah. do some investigating. We're going to start doing some investigating, yeah. checking out those algorithms. I also I, want I to compare mm-hmm. computer to mobile. 
Yeah. You know, I always find that that is always different for me too. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at something on a desktop versus, you know, looking at something on your phone, right. Mm-hmm. So that version that is, I know, but yeah, let's definitely keep talking about that every week, you know, and also you guys, if you see anything odd or funky mm-hmm. or whatever, definitely let us know. And we can do some investigating because I think it is kind of interesting to see how these, um, you know, algorithms roll out mm-hmm. and what does it look like? So, yeah. I think Poshmark is in a, um, a phase of life where they're transitioning into something else, but they want to transition in a way that doesn't upset people, but also able to intrigue new people to come in. Like, I just feel like they're in this progression, like they're shedding a layer of skin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's no, I hear you. <laughs> some growing pains, some growing yes. pains going on over there. No, so stay tuned. Definitely. Stay tuned, people. But we do want to say thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode about spring and summer trends. We heard your feedback. We saw your feedback. You don't even have to say anything. We can just see it in the numbers every week when we look at it. Um, you guys really like those type of episodes, which makes us happy because we love putting the research into it and love doing all that stuff. Um, but also the nostalgia that it brought so many of you to hear all these Y2K outfits and styles that are coming back <laughs> makes us giggle because we felt the same way. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're so glad that you guys enjoyed that episode. Like Daniela said, we love to research and the fact that like we can blend two things that we're really passionate about, which is fashion and thrifting Mm -hmm. is really exciting to us because, you know, I know that sometimes some people might think, well, how does, you know, talking about fashion, like mostly like I would say like high-end designer or something like that relate to what I'm doing. It's like, it all relates because fashion all trickles down from the top to the bottom mm-hmm. and sideways and upwards, backwards, whatever it is. Right. So, um, I think it's really great that you guys enjoyed this episode because we love to dig in. And we've even talked too about possibly doing deeper dives into specific areas. Like I know we kind of talk in generalities, right? When we do our trend thing and we talk about like in general, spring is like this, but we've even talked about possibly doing further deep dives into specific categories. And I don't know if any of you remember, but back when clubhouse was a thing, I don't know if that is a thing anymore, honestly, but Daniela and I, we did a not so rapid fire. Okay. We called it rapid fire at first. (laughs) Then it was a lie. (laughs) We called it rapid fire because we originally wanted it to be 30 minutes or less because we didn't want to be taking up everybody's time, you know, and being there for hours and hours. So that's what we called it that, but then it turned into not so rapid fire because it did take a long time, but we did some like deep dives on bolos and people seem to really get, you know, be behind that and be interested right in that. Yeah. So it's like, we're hearing you guys. So thank you so much for all your feedback on that. We're really excited to bring out more content that is related to that type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned. We are going to do a deep dive on Levi's that is yeah. on our books to record. So I'm going to lean on Jen big time for that one. (laughs) Oh yeah. And you know what, again, if there's anybody out there who's like, I know a lot about Levi's like hit us up, you know, tell us, let us know the more information that we can get the better. Cause obviously you guys like it when we go into these deep dives and talk about all the nitty gritty details about something that is so, (laughs) you know, like so off topic of what anybody else might think about, you know, but we just all love it so much. Like who would have thought that somebody would want to listen to like an hour and a half about thrifting trends? Yeah, I know. A lot of people. A, a lot, lot of people, people like it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Including us. <laughs> yeah, because we listen to our own episodes every week, so. 
That's awful. <laughs> I have it on loops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or is she? <laughs> um, but all right, let's get into the Q&A because we've been rambling for a little bit here because that's what we do. But the first question is actually for you, Jen, and it's what made you want to join the podcast? Life is pretty crazy as a new mom plus a full-time job. How do you make it work? That's such a great question because mm-hmm. I, I will say, yes, my life is absolutely nuts. Um, you know, with being obviously a new mom, um, and a full-time job moving across the country, you know, as you guys know, whenever you move anywhere, it takes a long time to settle in, to find like your spots, to organize your house, all that stuff. Um, so really the biggest thing that made me want to join the podcast is, well, number one, I absolutely love Daniela. And I absolutely love Lori. You know, these two women are just such wonderful friends and have been friends in real life too, you know, Um, not just Instagram. Um, So anytime that I can be a part of anything that they're doing or chat, you know, chatting with them, I'm always about that. So we always have a good time. Um, And the second thing really, I think is because of the way that my life kind of did this big shift in reselling, um, I felt like it was a way for me to still be a part of the community. Mm. I absolutely love the reselling community. I have made amazing friends and I've, and I've spoken about this before too, about how when I first moved to Massachusetts, you know, I had a really hard time making new friends and, you know, making those connections because I was working on by myself. I was working from home. I didn't go to an office. And as an adult, you generally meet friends and people at work, Um, you know, and so it was really tough for me. So reselling has a special place in my heart and always will. And, and I really wanted to be able to stay relevant in the community. And, um, and I just, I love talking about this type of stuff, even though I know I don't go out as much as I used to and thrift as much as I used to, it's still a way for me to be able to talk about something that is absolutely a passion of mine. Um, the last question of how do I make it work? I have no clue how I make it work. I just try to figure it out. <laughs> I, sound like me. I don't know. I just yeah, add the time in and call it a day. I I've, can't tell you it's, how it's, it's literally day by day, you know, uh, and it's just, I do the best that I can with the time that I have and that's all I can really do. But I wish I had a secret sauce for you people, but I really don't. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. When people ask me like similar questions, you know, you work full time and you have the podcast and you do YouTube and you do like, how do you all do how you do it all? Well, I don't, I literally don't do things. <laughs> like I, if I, I need to prioritize what's it's important and what's yeah. not. Yeah. It's like, sometimes, you know, for me, it's like, all right, so do I report record the podcast or do I go and I don't know, go get myself ice cream. <laughs> Like it's somewhere, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's making those decisions. Like, you know, do I go for a walk or do I do this, you know? And so it's just like prioritizing and, you know, figuring it out, like you said, but I don't know. I don't know how we make it work. We just, you just do. It's also our personality there. So Jen and I have very similar personalities where we're both very type A and we are both very structured. So for us, it's very easy to carve out time to record the podcast. If we're talking strictly podcasts, it's very easy for us. We have a schedule, we coordinate it, we calendar it. And, you know, that's the time that we need to dedicate to whatever it is. We block up the time and that's it. Um, when it comes to like reselling specific tasks, I have to basically do the same thing because if I don't, 
I'm all over the place. Yeah. Like I purposely wake up earlier in the morning. Like I'll, I'll wake up at five 30, six o'clock sometimes. And I don't have to leave the house until seven 30, but I wake up a little bit earlier so that I can cross list. I can do whatever I need to do in eBay. Like I try to get my eBay stuff done in the morning. My sales are already pulled the night before everything's already packaged. I'll go to the post office in the morning. Like I use that time. I'll even list in the morning so that when I come home from work, I don't have to do anything. And if I want to source after work, I can, cause I don't have to worry. I got to rush home after I'm done sourcing. I got to make dinner. I got to do the, like, yeah, try to, yeah, it's just, that. it's just, there's just a lot. I think a lot of it too is like, yeah, your, your time management, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right? Like we've talked about before. Um, I get up really early too. And I find that that is very helpful. And I am not an early bird. I will tell you people, yeah, I am a night owl. Yeah. Um, before kids, I could stay up, you know, like 11, 12, one o'clock and work. And I would be totally fine because I could sleep in, you know, until eight, nine, maybe sometimes 10. I can't do that now. So I've had to shift, but I think being either a night owl or, you know, um, an early bird is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Either one. Some people work better at night. I can do both, but I have that freedom to do that. So I, I can work late at night if I want to. And I've done that plenty of times or I'll wake up really early and I'll work. It doesn't, I, you just, it's just time management at the end of yep. the day. And it's, it's a really hard skill to develop as an adult. Yes. This has Absolutely. been a lifelong thing for me. Like I, and you can obviously start as an adult, but it's very, it's much harder because there just is so much more to juggle and to acquire and practice that skill when things are always up in the air, especially if you're a parent, it just makes it more difficult. But there's lots of resources out there. If you want to get better at time management, there's apps you can use. There's ways to shut your phone off so that you can do it. Um, There's paper planners, there's electronic planners, there's books on how to do it. Like there's just so many different ways that you can learn how to time manage for your personality type. I'm such a huge fan of like a planner, just like, and, 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 literally like an actual written out planner, Mm -hmm. like old school. I just like, for me, sometimes on my phone, it will just get lost on my phone or I might not set it up right. You know, or I do something wrong with the alarm or something silly like that. So I literally have like a huge whiteboard in my office set up and I have everything written out for the month on there. And I have like any, um, and I have it all color coded, right? So like any appointment that I have, anything that's for Ellie, anything that's, you know, personal, anything that's for work, anything that's for the podcast, I have that there because, and whether or not you do that with a whiteboard or a planner, just something I feel like written down really helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Good answer, Jen. (laughs) This next question I loved when I saw it. And it's, if you could have any sponsorship for the podcast, what would it be? And um, I don't, I don't think I could name like one specific thing right now. Um, But I think anything, anything that is community-based within our realm of reselling, anything that really, 
um, helps bring resellers together and makes their life more efficient and effective and all that kind of stuff. Like I can't name one specific thing. We've been approached by many, many people and um, that would, that want to be sponsors, especially over the last few months. And uh, there are things that Jen and I talk about and that we um, really don't want to come out with one particular sponsor over another. I like, we really want to make sure it's something that we believe in something that we work with and something that we can stand behind to promote to our listeners. And I think that's really important in any aspect of either social media, YouTube, whatever it is, if you want to stand behind whatever the product is, it's going to sponsor you or your content. Um, so I can't give specifics right now. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to leave it at that. We want to stand behind a product that right. we want to promote to all of you that we believe in. And that product is out there. Um, and when we are ready for it, you guys will all know. I absolutely love your answer. I have a very silly answer. It literally makes no sense because none of you know what we're talking about, but um, it's okay. Well, so my answer is really silly. Like I would want something like a HelloFresh. So you could get free meals. I want some food. I've been wanting to try, try some HelloFresh, but I'm too cheap to get it. Okay, we're going to go good. that route, non-reselling the, related. The meals look delicious, but I don't want to, I'm like, I don't know, but they look a little small. I'm a little concerned. They are so, small. They are yeah, small. But I don't know. I've always- I, We did it for a while. And then I realized that it just wasn't enough for me and Matt. I was like, I'm still hungry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, like my in-laws had it, and but I don't know. I just kind of want to like- Well, we did the two, like the two-person meal. If you did a family one, it might be okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe that goes to show you that like our portions are way too big. <laughs> it's just our culture, <laughs> right? The Americans have it wrong. <laughs> oh my God, uh, that's so funny. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like if, right, if we're being serious, obviously I guys, I can't tell you guys what we're working on in the background because I can't and I'm sorry, but, but when that's all finalized or whatnot, you guys will know. But um, I think- Hmm. If today someone were to approach us and we could talk about it, I'd be happy if not that Poshmark would ever do it, but I would like a platform of some sort if they wanted to be a sponsor and put themselves out there to show that they listen to resellers and their and their information and the content that we're putting out and all that. Like I, I'd be okay with that. eBay would never do it. Well, maybe they would. Who knows? But I think a platform would be fun. I don't know platform would be interesting platform that's fancy I like yeah that. I don't think we're that fancy though here at the Priscilla <laughs> maybe a local consignment store or something who knows Ooh, yeah like that or but like not, even it, um oh now you got you now you got me thinking because right? I was like or even like um what could be fun well we'd have to obviously see it and make sure that we'd like it because we took like we said we wouldn't just like take any, anybody we'd very particular but yeah if there was like a really good like um sourcing site you know, like those sites that like do those mystery mm-hmm. boxes or mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? That could be kind of cool too. A because tool for the community. That's what we would yeah, like as a sponsor. Yeah. That is the ideal sponsor for Thurtis Villa. A tool. Or, or food. <laughs> food could be included in that. Food can be included. Can we have I mean, two sponsors, one for yeah. food yes. and then one that's a Man. tool. For now you're talking my language. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. I like that. Mm. 
At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, the next one here is, do you only source at the thrift store or do you source at buy, sell, trade slash consignment stores? And then what are the advantages or disadvantages to them? Right. That's a loaded question. I Love know. It. <laughs> I have I have no problem answering this question. Um, I source it all three. <laughs> I source at thrift. I source at consignment. I source at buy, sell, trade. They are, but there is a difference, right? I was going to say, do you want to explain the difference between buy, sell, trade, and consignment? Because I think that could be confusing to some listeners. So I get confused by it too, because I okay. feel like they're used interchangeably. They can be, but- when but I a consignment think of- store is, they pay out the individual who is giving them the clothing. Right. But, but technically, a buy-sell trade is doing the same thing, except they're giving it to you up front. But a buy-sell For- trade is, is up front, right. right? And I know that there are some consignment stores that can be up front with their payments too, right? But generally, most buy-sell trade stores that I know of are only going to be like, well, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Crossroads is one. It might be, but I just know off the top of my head, I know that Buffalo Exchange is a true buy, sell, trade store. So you literally go in there, you, you know, take your clothes and you either are buying from them, you're selling to them or you're trading from them. I don't really know who trades and how that works, but I do know that like you will get a certain percentage of like of money, right? You get, so you get like a certain percentage of whatever they're going to sell it for. You get that money or you can get store credit, which usually it's a little bit more. So they incentivize you to be spending the money in their store. Um, But generally a buy, sell trade store, it's like, that's what it is. Buy, sell trade. Cause, cause Buffalo exchange, I would not consider that a consignment store. A consignment store is like, I take my stuff to this individual, this individual sells it for me and we split the profits. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't consign and I don't sell at these stores. I'm only buying at the stores. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. You know, actually the real real is a consignment store when you think about it. It is. Yeah. Cause you're taking the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's They're true. They're a consignment store. Okay. So I lied. I consigned. <laughs> I consigned with the real real. I take it back. I exposed you. <laughs> I'm a big fat liar. Big fat liar right there. But um, I'm the same. I'm all three. Um, I definitely do not discriminate against anywhere that I can mm-hmm. that I can source no. for inventory. I think that buy, sell, trade, and consignment stores can be a little scary, especially for newbie resellers. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. I think that it's good for you to go in there though, just to start getting acquainted with like the tags that you see, you know, that kind of stuff, checking out their um their sale racks. Too. what's hot racks, what's hot rack, what's mm-hmm. trending, all that kind of stuff. So it can really be a good educational trip for you. Um, but yeah, I love sourcing out of all three. It just, but I, but I source very differently. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you're looking at all three, I probably lean more to now 
in the buy sell trade consignment store realm this phase of my journey where two years ago it had been strictly thrift and nothing else um, but that's a progression that I've made that I'm comfortable with and that my revenue source allows me to do um, because like Jen said price wise you're sourcing differently. So with thrift stores, and I'm not saying that thrift stores are cheap because let me tell you, you can spend 18 to $25 on a piece in a thrift store. Very I, easy. I was going to say that too. I, I think that that like what you're talking about though too and describing is not really what exists though anymore anyways. Because right. thrift stores have now become very keen and savvy and know that like, hey, this secondary market, there's money to be made here. It's yeah. not just people you know, in need, and I'm doing air quotes, right. Uh, for that, that are coming to shop here. We have so much inventory, so much stuff, and we can sell it for more because there's so many people that are coming to buy. And it's, it's like some, th- some thrift stores are pretty close to the same price as what a buy, sell trade store would be, or a consignment store, which is crazy to me that I'm saying that. Yeah. It, absolutely. And then there's also some buy, sell, trade, and consignment that are like, there's almost different tiers to buy, sell, trade, and consignment. Like they're not all valued the same way. Um, and so you'll notice that certain brands in certain consignment or buy, sell, trade might be marked lower than if you go into another buy, sell, trade, and consignment. So it just depends on what their demographic is, what the market looks like for them, um, what are brands that they always sell, what are brands that sit for them. And I mean, they know all that stuff, obviously, and what, when they're taking things in because they record everything. Um, but I would say that I'm comfortable spending anywhere. Well, it depends on the piece. I can't give like a definite number, but right. I'll spend 15 to $50 at a consignment buy, sell trade on a piece. I think that's fair. 15 yeah. to 50. That's kind of like the range, yeah, um, but I you're not so. buying as much. Right. You're probably buying honestly, like three pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I've, I've spent about, I would say probably the most I've spent on a single item is probably yeah, probably 50 bucks. Yeah. yeah I want to say 50 is the highest mm-hmm. I've spent yeah. in the consignment buy sell trade setting. And I will say that the nice thing about those stores in comparison to thrift stores, now, if you're trying to budget in your time, you're going to spend way more time in a thrift store than you ever would in a buy sell trade consignment store because it's curated in a buy sell trade consignment store. It's much easier to go through the racks. They're not jam packed in the same way that a thrift store's um, racks are packed in together. There's a lot of pros if you're willing to have that higher cost of goods. You may not be comfortable with that. Right. And the other thing too, is that because the prices are more expensive, you right away are like, I'm not going to pay that much for this. So Mm -hmm. it's easier to make that decision to move on. You know, it's not like you're nickel and diming something like, so it's like, if you see, let's just say, I don't know, um, Madewell piece, you know, that's just like a Madewell t-shirt and they want $12 for it. You're like, no, I know I don't need this because that's not what I'm going to sell it for. Correct. But then you see, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, like an, a nine bing or something, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. And any bing shirt. And then it's also for $15. You're like, yeah, I'm going to grab that. Absolutely going <laughs> to grab that. But this also goes into play with online sourcing. Because it works the same way, whether you're sourcing on the real, real fashion file, Poshmark, eBay, Mercari, I don't care where you're sourcing. You're using the same mentality that you use in a buy, sell, trade and consignment store with online sourcing. Is it worth it for me to pay shipping? Some people pay taxes on this stuff. I fortunately do not need to pay taxes because of where I live um, on clothing. But is it worth it for me to 
buy this with now a shipping cost involved and all these other factors? Or yeah. should I should I just stick to what I know and go to the thrift store? So there's a lot of decision making that you personally need to make when it comes to your finances, because that's really what it comes down to. Can mm-hmm. you forego thrift and bins? And then an an upgrade to, I don't want to say upgrade, it's a bad word, but transition to um, buy, sell, trade, consignment or online sourcing. I I think you can, but obviously you're just going to have a lot less inventory flat out. You will, you know, so it'll be a more curated collection, a more curated closet um, than you would at a thrift store. Um, So like you said, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But I think that the biggest thing is you just don't want to discount anything. Don't no. discount any place. Don't count, you know? don't discount retail stores either. Yeah. Oh my God. Retail. That was like, it was literally like I started at like the bins, moved to the thrift stores, then moved to like buy, sell trade, then to consignment, then to stores. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm in the, I'm in that buy, sell trade consignment retail space right now where it doesn't even interest me to go to the thrift stores as often as I did, unless I'm traveling somewhere, then it's different. Then I'll hit up more of the thrift stores, but like in my immediate area, you're probably going to catch me at a thrift store three or four times a month at most. Yeah. And you know, I, I totally get that Daniela. And, and honestly, like I know for, for a few people, quite a few people that sometimes at thrift stores, it's too competitive. Mm-hmm. That's another disadvantage too, is that there's just, you know, reselling has become very popular over the past couple of years. Um, just the secondhand market in general is very, very popular. So a lot of people are either not donating as much because they can, you know, get credit, store credit or whatever benefits that they can from some of their favorite retailers. Um, or there's more and more people who are either out of work, don't like their job, you know, they're underemployed many different reasons, right? Where they're starting to move to reselling because reselling is a really great way to make money, a low startup cost. Mm-hmm. You can do it from home. You have the flexible hours to work either with your other job or your family. And so um, the competition is getting is getting tougher. So that I think is probably a, a disadvantage of the thrift stores or the bins. Am I saying that you can still find good things there? Absolutely, you can. But particularly with our situation and the fact that we're not full-time, that is, I think, why too, we also lean a little bit more towards buy, sell, trade and consignment and retail. It's just easier for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and just life factors in general. I don't want to be in a high stress environment 24 seven looking for things on my day off. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to be searching the racks, the million people around me. I just... It doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to me anymore. It's not no. the space that I'm at. And it's also not a part of my business model anymore. Do I mm-hmm. love the low cost of goods? Yes, but I can't say that I'm spending any less at a thrift store than when I'm going to a consignment buy, sell, trade or sourcing online. I can't say that I'm seeing that big of a difference like I once was when I first started. Yeah. I hear you. It's so much has changed. The environment has changed yeah, in reselling. Everything has changed. And it in, continues in to change and it might change next year again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, so, like, like you said, I think that if I could go back to full time and I could like go to the thrift store in the middle of the week, right when they're like bringing things out. Absolutely. I could do it. On a it, Tuesday but, afternoon kind oh, of thing, right? Oh like, my gosh. Tuesday yeah. senior days. Those were the best. <laughs> Because it was just, everybody was so nice in there. It was like quiet, not much going on. (laughs) I literally have to plan a a whole day off during the week if that's what I want to do. 
so I need to take time out of my full-time job, use my PTO to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, I think people need to realize that part of it. Like I, I don't suffer for like my full-time job doesn't suffer because I'm not there, but you know, I, that's something that I have to prioritize. And if there's things going on at work, I can't do that. So I'm stuck on the Saturday going or a Friday night. Right. Yeah. After like everything's been cleared out and And that's tough. That's always fun. (laughs) But moving on. (laughs) So hopefully that answers your question. I think it's a great topic for store bias with trade consignment. I think it's like a whole episode. Never mind. Um, I think there's just so many facets to all of it. And it all depends on where you are in your journey. That's what really, that's how you're going to answer this question. But that's what I think. I agree. Um, Next one is what motivates you both to continue recording episodes every week? Another good one. So great. Uh, I think there's multiple things to it. The first one is being able to spend time with someone that you connect with, that you're, you know, that you're, um, I mean, obviously we're friends, (laughs) but just someone that shares the same passion as you. And you're talking about a topic that honestly, you could talk about anything and it could last for hours and hours and hours. It doesn't matter who the host is on the other end, right? When it was Lori and I, and now with Jen, it's the same thing. We share the same passions. There's a friendship there. There's a love there. There's just the being able to spend time with someone that understands what it is you're talking about. And it's not your husband. That's yeah. fun too. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. I, I really yeah. do appreciate that. Yeah, it is. It's fun to talk to people like other nut jobs, right? Right. <laughs> like you know, they're sharing. Like, I forgot to add that. that. Sharing yeah. with the community. That's, that's really the big one. Like it's a perk to see Jen, <laughs> but it's really sharing with the community. That's, that's the true answer as to why we record episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love to share, share all of our knowledge, things that we've learned throughout the, you know, these past few years that we've been doing this. And obviously, like you said, talking to somebody who's just as passionate about such an obscure topic, (laughs) you know, and, and who, who understands too, what you're talking about. It's just like when you're, you know, when you are venting at work, right. And you've had Mm -hmm. a hard day and it's like, sometimes it's just easier to vent to your coworkers than it is to vent to your husband because they don't understand why you know Karen in HR is such a bitch like she's a Karen that's why (laughs) so So screw her (laughs) so that I think is what motivates us but also just like we said you guys you guys really motivate us because we we really appreciate the feedback and when people say like we love that we get an episode a week and that means a lot to us because I know for some of my favorite podcasts, I really do look forward to that new episode. And, you know, I will have it all queued up ready for either like my drive when I need to get there, you know, your commute or like a certain time of your day when you're going out for a walk or something, you're like, I just want to bring them along and like, listen to their story and what's going on. So that's, I think what also motivates me as well. And I know it motivates Simula too, is just like you guys motivate us, you know, to like, make sure that we continue to have good and consistent content every single week. Yeah. Whether it's positive feedback, negative feedback, we like all feedback. It really doesn't matter what the feedback is because that's the only way that we're going to grow as a podcast and continue to grow as a podcast is what I should say. The other thing too, is, um, I think that I personally like to hear myself talk a little bit because (laughs) I, I, I want, so here, let me, let me elaborate. Right. I like, I like to hear oh. myself talk because I'm a teacher 
that's just, that's who I am by trade, right? That's what I went to school for. And the reason I like to hear, I literally like to hear myself talk is because it helps me improve down mm-hmm. like every single time I record, like, okay, you need to slow down when you talk sometimes, or you need to enunciate a little bit more when you say certain words, because not everyone understands a Rhode Island, New England accent kind of thing. So I literally like to hear myself talk, not, fi- I guess, figuratively a little bit too, but uh, literally want to hear myself and the, the way that I sound and the way that we sound together. So like when we edit and stuff, we really pay attention to the way that we sound and try to implement things little by little. Um, so, and, and then I don't think people also realize that we spend a lot of time on Instagram, not like scrolling just to scroll, but like, we want to see what people are talking about. And then we yeah. use that as motivation or like we want to see what people are doing and use that as motivation for um, episodes so that it's relevant to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that. hopefully that answers that question. Long-winded, but that's us. Well, I'm like, I think all of these are, are long-winded. <laughs> this could probably and- be over, could have been over probably 20 minutes ago, but here we are. Oh, well, that's all right. Let's see. Uh, question then, four. No, go sorry. ahead, Jen. Go ahead, Jen. You, you can okay. read this one because it's for you. Oh, can you share how you handled slow sales as a full-time reseller? Oh, my. That's a great one. I think this hits a, home to a lot of people right now. I think it really does. You know, so full transparency. Yes, I was a full-time reseller, but my my, my like rent, my, you know what I mean? My, or my mortgage, my bills did not depend solely on this income. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to preface. Um, so, cause some of you are out there where it's like, this is it, this is the income. And, um, you know, I don't have that experience. Um, so I will just share my experience as a reseller who also had, you know, my, my husband who also had an income as well. Um, but a lot of times on how I would handle slow sales was just like. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Take a step back and figure out what is what has changed? What is different, right? Is it an outside factor? Is it that my listings are stale? Is it that the the product that I have, I it's been sitting there for so long and it's just not trendy anymore and it's just not relevant anymore? Do I need to be looking at sourcing at different things? So it's just kind of taking a step back and looking at my business and how can I improve? How can I pivot? How can I change things? So, you know, the a lot of times what I would also do is just like find other ways on how to make money. Right. So whether that would be doing a live sale, right. Or going onto different platforms and cross posting, cross listing, um, dumping inventory that I didn't want anymore at a, you know, at a Plato's closet or like a place where I could just get rid of some inventory and just get a little bit more money thread up also was another one where I would just be like, okay, it's time to clean up. It's time to kind of get rid of things. So just trying to get creative and figuring out ways on how I can sell off my inventory, um, just so that I could start, you know, trying to make a little bit more money, but then I would also review all of my listings. How long has these listings been 
you know, out there? How many likes does it have? Does it need to be a refresh? Do I need to take new photos? Um, or is this a piece, like I said, that I've had for a long time that I need to get rid of? And, and that's just kind of what would motivate me is just kind of like cleaning up shop and figuring out ways on how to present the same items in a different way though, right? Mm -hmm. Like repackage, retool mm -hmm. kind of my closet and what I had going on and making sure that like what I had on Poshmark was also, you know, exactly what I needed to have on Mercari, exactly what I needed to have on eBay or on Tradesy, on all the other sites that I was selling. And then, like I said, getting creative too in my own personal space. How can I sell things? Um, I remember sometimes like I would have, I would tell my friends to come over and I would say, Hey, I have so much inventory. I have so much stuff. If you want to shop, I'll give you twice you can pay twice the cost of right. what I paid. And, and that was another way that I would actually get quite a bit of influx of money. And I could then use that money to go and get new inventory and new stuff. So hopefully that kind of helps. But I mean, there's definitely times where I would have to also reduce my spending just in my personal life too. That was also another big thing, right? Just making sure maybe this week, I'm not going to go out right to eat, or I need to maybe be a little bit more mindful when I'm at the grocery store and not be spending so much money on frivolous things, which is so easy to do. Um, you know, other times I've had to like in, in the past too, I've had to cancel things. Like I used to have memberships to certain gyms, um, certain things, you know, certain subscriptions and kind of reducing where I could to try to help to alleviate some of that. Yeah, I think another thing to add to that, Jen, which by the way, great answer, because I think it's something that everyone can do, no matter if you're full-time or part-time. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think it's a good time if when things are slower is to, besides reevaluate the items that you have, create systems that you want during mm -hmm. this time. Create the inventory system that you want. Create the um, financial management tools that you want for yourself. Like, get all that stuff set up, spend the time to go through each tote, make sure everything is listed, um, make sure there's no typos in your listing, like all those things yeah. in the day-to-day -day you typically don't do because you're a machine, right? You're constantly producing and, and getting things out. It's just how it works. Um, you, taking this time where it's a little bit slower to just focus on those little things can make a big difference. Even if you decide like, I'm going to run a full sale on everything. So if you're on eBay, you're doing promotional, right? You're doing promotional That was the other thing, sales. yep. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or um, Poshmark, you're sending offers to likers and you're making sure that you're at least doubling your money, right? Like I just, I don't care. I just want to make twice what I paid for it. And you're spending the time to do that and you're moving inventory that way. And then maybe you do need to restructure. You need to reevaluate. And then you start to bring in, you figure out, okay, looking at everything, it looks like I really sell these items really well. These other items don't do well. Let me take all this money I've just made pay the mm -hmm. things I need to pay, obviously, and then reinvest what I can reinvest Into my in. business. And, and sometimes you guys too, when you, and that that's great, Danielle, I'm glad that you brought that up about like the sales. I would definitely have sales. I would drop prices pretty low. And when you start dropping those prices pretty low and stuff is still not moving, that's a big sign for you too. You mm -hmm. need to be like, if nobody wants this for $20, then $15 or $10, then why am I wasting my time on this piece? Right. It's, so like, I, I would have like a threshold, right. Where I would say, okay, all my items, if they get down to like, let's say $10 or something and nobody wants it, I'm like, that needs to get pulled. That needs to either go to thread up or it needs to go to a Plato's closet or a buy, sell trade or like Buffalo exchange or something. Just try to make some money, any money off of it. Mm -hmm. Cause it just needs to get out of my house and out of my life. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that's, that's helpful for you guys. It's just, 
little tips that you can, and don't do everything at once either. Like pick something, go with it, see how it goes, give it time, then try something else. I think it's just human nature to try everything at once. And then you have no idea what worked and what didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try not to do that. (laughs) Um, This next question, I really can't answer, but it's, do you sell on Depop? Which the answer is no. (laughs) Um, And do you have any tips? I just know that really trendy Y2K things and vintage sell on there. That's all I know. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't either. Um, I I do think there's great people in the community you can follow though. I think there's there's a lot of accounts on YouTube that you can follow that are going to teach you a lot about Depop. I think it's an up and coming company in terms of vintage. I believe Etsy purchased Depop, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So two very big heavy hitters in the vintage market. Um, I do think if you primarily sell vintage and what's trending right now, uh, the demographic is definitely younger. So you're going to keep that in mind while you're selling on there. I I don't think that it's like a quote unquote cheaper place to shop. I think the pricing is actually high. I think it's higher too. I think it is, but I think, yeah, like I agree with you. I think that there's a couple of easy tips that we could get just based off of what we've known and, and a couple of people um, that we know that are pretty successful, right. And selling on Depop. Um, one person actually we can say is um, our, our friend Hadrian mm-hmm. that we just recently had. He does very, very well on Depop. I think following Hadrian and following their stores too. look and see how are they marketing their pieces? How are they, you know, photographing their pieces? Um, and another one is Tia. Um, so platinum blonde, right? Yep. But platinum, rich, platinum, platinum blonde. blonde. I mean, she's, she's local. <laughs> she's local. Yep. And she does very, very well on, on Depop too. Um, I've heard too, the tip that if you can model, that's always a plus. Yeah. I have heard that. Um, is that me? Sorry. I thought no. that was just Okay. All right. Um, and so, um, that I think would also be helpful, but follow these people, you know, and and look and see how are they marketing their stuff? How are they photographing their stuff? I think that that would be really, really helpful. But I think the other tip is that it seems like on Depop, it's not about, it's not so much about brands there. It's about the look and about like the vibe that the Mm -hmm. listing is kind of giving you. So that's where I think a lot of those Y2K trends that we were talking about in our last episode, I think they could do really, really well there because that is, that's where people are really looking for like the good stuff, right? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And especially the, uh, and it's just, it's just the way that Depop has been. It's just always been, it's catered to the younger population because I think they took it on the younger generation just really took it on. And um, so you'll see, and I think that's why it became a modeling thing is because there were so many younger people on there selling doesn't mean that you can't model if you're not super young. I mean, anyone can model on there, but I also think you can sell some modern goods on it if it correlates to whatever the trending things are on Depop. Like that's great to keep in mind. Yeah, I think it's just all about trends there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So sorry, we can't give a more detailed answer to that but there are lots and lots of people that you guys can follow go to youtube and type in depop and you're going to find a million different things guaranteed absolutely Absolutely. um next one is if you could pick one platform to sell on what would it be and why and this is well this is easy for me because um i think there's only one and it would be ebay because it's worldwide it's been around for a really long time Uh, they're the most stable they continue to grow and they're seller focused Mm. 
Those mm-hmm. are like the top five things you want from a platform. Yeah. Um, I would love to say Poshmark, but I just, they're too young in comparison and they're transitioning too much for me to say that I would forever want to be on Poshmark. In terms of ease, Poshmark all day long. In terms of stability, eBay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with that. Actually, I think that that was a good breakdown as to, you know, the reasons why. And I, and I, I a hundred percent agree while Poshmark for the ease of it. I love the ease of Poshmark it. And, and it was the first platform that I really mm-hmm. attacked and went for as a reseller. Mm-hmm. It, um, I mean, I always sold on eBay here and there, you know, right. Like, Oh, I need to get rid of this or I need to get rid of that kind of thing. But, um, but it's, it's gotta be eBay because eBay, their, their fees are lower anyways, you know, but it's just like, you, you, there's a bigger audience. You have the international market there too. You know, you have like, um, an international audience is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Also. And you can, once you kind of master the shipping, which it's not hard, not that hard, it. actually, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in you again. There's lots of YouTube videos too. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell myself, I'm like, they made this for the general public. Like, you know, (laughs) they made this for everybody. This, I'm like, I know I'm smart. I can figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you can do it. So yeah, I would say if I only had to pick one, I would pick eBay as well. Mm -hmm. And we're both not eBay. Like eBay is not our primary platform by any means. Um, It's something that we're always striving to get better at. But if you're talking longevity, it's 100% eBay. Yeah. Yeah. It will, it will buy out all these other companies before eBay disappears. Like Probably. Mm-hmm. It will never go. eBay is to me in eBay is almost, it's not Amazon, but it's like an equivalent to Amazon in terms of like their structure and their size and everything. Competitors. If you ask me, yep. as time goes on. I think there'll be more and more like competitors. Um, okay. This question, listen, whoever sent this, you're really angry and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I'm oh joking goodness, I'm by the way. Why waste time sending things to the real world if you know your commission is going to be so low? Okay, listen. Oh my goodness. Not everything is going to be a low commission. Number one. Number two, you know this going into uh, consigning with the real real that certain brands and certain pieces are just not going to give you a lot of money on that platform because you're consigning. Okay. They have market research that goes into all of the price structures. They have a whole system. They're not just making prices up. I know it seems like it sometimes, but they're not. Um, There's a reason why they price things the way they do. It could be the same piece. And they have various people that price these things. It's not like one person that's pricing it. So someone might value the exact same piece at a different level for whatever reason than another person who's pricing at the real real. So you'll have two identical pieces in nature, but two people pricing differently because it's a biased process. That's just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the number one thing you need to remember when you're sending things in is you need to have a low cost of goods, unless you have some piece that is like, I mean, Hermes, something crazy that like, it's going to get priced well. So it doesn't matter if you spent $500 on it, it's going to get priced at 5,000. You know what I mean? Like understanding that aspect of luxury, it requires a little bit of research. Um, But I also think that it's the ease of not doing anything. So if you're okay (laughs) with sending, Jen's laughing at me. Um, If you're okay with sourcing, boxing, sending something in and doing nothing with it, then the real real is for you because making that $10 is better than you sourcing it, steaming it, photographing it, inventorying it, relisting it, 
answering questions on it, and then it's sitting for seven months. I swear, you and I are like, like, just like thinking at the same level right here. Yeah. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I, this is, it's not, it's, it's not, and it's not for everyone. It's, it's not for everyone. It's no. definitely not for everybody, but I will say like, from my experience, it's not a waste of time. It's actually a time saver Yes, to believe, believe it or not, because <clears throat> like Daniela said, there's a lot of people out there who don't have the time do not have the time to photograph, to steam, to store, to measure, also to authenticate to mm. is another one. So for example, a while ago, Danielle and I, you know, we, she, we, I think you guys have heard the story when like some random person donated all of their luxury items. It had to be an um, estate sale estate but, sale or something. Yeah. And we got so much amazing designer things. And how much did we spend combined? I had spent over 300. I think it was like, about six. It was like six or $700 yeah. that you and I spent yeah. there easily. Cause we were both at like 300 and something dollars. Was, I think it was like a 378 or something crazy <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I had a lot of shoes from there and I tried to sell a lot of them on my own, but you know, but it's about the questions of, is it authentic? Is it this? And it's like, yes, it is, you know, but like, I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to get them authenticated. I just didn't. And so I'm like, so a lot of the shoes, I just sent them over to the real, real and they pay. And, and so for what I would have sold them for 200, they ended up selling them for four or 500 and I kind of made around the same, you know? So it's like, like Daniela said, it just depends on the tiers, right. When it comes to uh, the commission part, but the biggest thing about like with the commission being so low, it's because you're not doing anything other than just sourcing, which is really fun and putting it in a box and sending it to them. And so for me, it works for me with where I am in my reselling journey now, because now what I do is when I go to the thrift stores, I go and I look for things for the real, real, right. And I look for things within a certain cost of goods and I just grab all that stuff, box it all up and send it. And then I get like a nice little check at the end of the month as my extra money. And I just go and do that all over again. So mm-hmm. it just depends on what your business model is. I, I don't think it's, it's a waste of time. I can see how people might think it is though. I, I totally understand because there were times where I would look at my commission and I would see how much they took out and it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It does. It really, really hurts, but it, it really only hurt when I overspent on something. Right. And I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing is you just need to understand cost of goods when it comes to the real, real and understand that certain pieces aren't going to get you what you think you're supposed to get. That's really the other big part of it. Yeah. But every dollar that you make on there is getting you closer to that 70%, which is your goal, because mm-hmm. that's this perks that come with that. And there's you, you know, do you get preference sometimes when you're 70, when you're at the 70% tier? Yeah, they, they do work with you in a different manner so it's a tiered system yeah you got to strive to you know if you stay at that 40 percent tier i mean that mm-hmm. that's it's hard to make money if you stay I'm in that ambassador one ambassador two i mean it's kind of the tiered same system yeah <laughs> it's kind of the same thing but great question thank you so much for, for i know you're angry but I'm, that. and i'm so sorry that you're angry about the real real but, <laughs> but that's okay you don't have to sell on the real real no you you, you do not need to sell on there it is not a requirement to be a reseller, but I think it's a great avenue for people that do come across um, that mid-tier and, lux- and luxury market. And there's just certain brands just don't, 
they sit forever and ever and ever. Oh my gosh. They really do. Like I had like some of those shoes, like that we had, like some Chanel shoes, I had them sitting forever and ever and ever. And I thought, Oh, these are going to sell really quickly. And they didn't, you know, and I did everything I could. I re-photographed, I, you know, took Mm -hmm. different pictures, did everything I could. And I'm like, you know what? It's just, it's just not going to work. And I put them on there and within a month they sold, Yep. you know, they have a different market. They have a different market. And I also think too, like people there, I think that are shopping there feel a little bit more confident too. Correct. And shopping at a company that stands behind all their product that will authenticate, mm-hmm. that will do all that stuff where sometimes mm-hmm. in Poshmark, you don't know what you're going to get from nope. that specific seller. You really don't. So, um, yeah. And you can't guarantee that Poshmark actually knows what they're doing when they authenticate. No, not when they're like leaving. When they're like leaving products sitting out there, like luxury items for days and days and days in the California sun. No, (laughs) sorry guys, but it's true. (laughs) Okay, next question is: What's one thing you would tell someone who is coming into reselling secondhand goods? This is like such a loaded question um, because I don't think there's just one thing that we could tell them. Um, I need to reread that. Go ahead. So like someone new is coming into reselling. What's one thing that you would tell them to like help them get started? I can't tell you just one thing, first of all, but I do think the most important thing that you can remember while you're in the process or in this journey of learning is absorb all the information, all the knowledge that's out there, and then Mm -hmm. take the pieces of it that are going to benefit you and that are going to help you progress in your journey. Not what, what everyone says online is not the Bible. It's not the written law. Um, it changes for each person. It changes on where you live. It changes depending on so many different things, but take these experiences and the knowledge that you're getting and find ways to mold it to your business. That, yeah, no, I, I would say my advice for somebody who's coming into reselling source your own stuff. Oh, that's Please you can do, do that not, too. do not buy reseller boxes, mystery boxes. Oh, yeah, don't do that when you first All start. that kind of stuff. People telling you that they oh. have like the most amazing things that you can, you know, sell and for hundreds of dollars for each. Please don't do any of that. You need to go out there and you need to start sourcing, whether it's your closet, whether it's your friend's closet, whether it's a thrift store, buy, sell, trade, or consignment, whatever it is you need to get out there, you need to start feeling fabrics. You need to start looking mm-hmm. at tags. Mm-hmm. You need to start looking at pricing. You need to start getting out there and getting yourself familiar as to what the layout of a thrift store or the secondhand market is. Because if you're just going to start depending on other people giving you inventory, I don't think you're going to be very happy. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I never bought a mystery box or anything until recently. And I've been doing this for over three years. Yeah. And I've never, I've never, I've never done it. And I've been doing this for, oh God, six years. (laughs) (laughs) I think learning fabrics, (laughs) Mm -hmm. learning fabrics, I think is really important. Learning the Mm -hmm. structure of pieces, learning, because that was one thing that I definitely struggled with in the beginning is understanding silhouettes. And like, I knew of certain ones, but like really understanding those aspects, what the different um, blouses are called and what what does it mean when a collar looks this way compared to that way and the buttons go in this direction instead of that direction like I think understanding that stuff is really key when it's coming to creating titles and listings and all that kind of stuff so yeah no yeah definitely learn learn learn, learn your inventory mm-hmm. the only way you can learn is by buying it yourself 
and you going out make there. the mistakes yourself make the mistakes <laughs> you'll never do it again <laughs> and the last question which is a great one to end with um aren't bots against the terms of service for poshmark why does everyone promote them and then i would like to add that at the end of this question was also and i'm pretty sure you use one too daniela i do <laughs> i do use one <laughs> correct um i do and in okay this is a sensitive topic and a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, is it against Poshmark's terms of service? Yes. All right, that, that's the answer. Yes, it is stated. However, there are many different facets of Poshmark and cross-listing that are also part of automation that would be against terms of service, mm-hmm. but they aren't dinged. In a, and so fine, you know, if, if you don't feel comfortable um, using a bot, that's fine. You don't have to use one. You can cross-list manually. You can share manually. You can follow manually. You can do that. Mm -hmm. I choose not to do that. I did it for a long time and I choose not to because my time is precious. And if something can be automated, why can't I use it? Yeah. Okay. We live in a world of automation. I don't care what it is. When you go to um, any kiosk that exists in the world, a vending machine, whatever, it's automated, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the gas station to pump your gas, it's automated. Everything is an automated process. You push a button, it does something. Yeah. I don't like that automation is a dirty word and bots are a dirty word, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really not. Everybody uses it. Doesn't make it. any sense to Everybody me. Everybody does it. You need it. <laughs> Um, but obviously, yeah, it's like, I, I will say, so I've never used bots. I can say that, but the reason why I haven't used bots yet is because I didn't, I, I wasn't at a point where I felt like I needed one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now for the people who have thousands and thousands of listings, they need one. I get it, you know, and it's, it's about what is going to be efficient for your business and how are you going to be able to get that time back? Right. But are bots against the terms of service for Poshmark? Yes. And do people still use it? Yes. Is it against, um, is it against copyright laws to use stock photos? Yes. But people still use it. Yes. So, and why does everyone promote it? Because they want to make money. Yeah. That's why. And and the, the community that Poshmark has created has been focused around sharing, which in turn makes it hard for those who don't share to make sales. So to, and if you have a larger closet, your items get pushed out more. This is just math. You have more items, items get pushed out more. Mm-hmm. More than likely, people are going to buy your items over someone that has a smaller closet, right? So someone needs to continuously be sharing, whether it's you manually or mm-hmm. a bot, to make sure that you get in front of those other items as well. So, yeah. and I used to do mine manually like three times, three times a day is what mm-hmm. I would do for my closet. Um, but because I had the time to do it. And like I said, I, I, I usually clocked around like 300 listings is usually kind of where I was. And I felt good about that, but, um, yeah, you know, it's just people, people use them. Like I said, people promote them because they're influencers and they want to make money. Well, yes, that's, (laughs) that's honestly the truth why people promote it. And it's like, but do people use them because it does help their business? Yeah. I've seen the numbers. I've seen what it does for people and their businesses. And wow, like the, the big jump 
that they get because it's just constantly sharing because it's all about sharing on Poshmark, right? But the reason why Poshmark doesn't like the bots is because Poshmark wants active users on their on their platform. That's all it is. Yeah. So it's if like bots that's why they don't do like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a, and that's a problem. And and I think they realize that, which is why I hope that in the future. Um, with the way they're changing the search, which I don't think it's bad that they're changing the search. I don't, I don't think just shared is fair. I don't, I don't think it is honestly mm. either, because it's like just shared. It's like, then you're constantly going to have to be on the site. I'd rather have revel, uh, relevance and just but a relevance sure that works. Re- well, yeah. Relevance that works, right? <laughs> relevance that's relevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think, uh, yeah. I think hopefully that the trajectory they're on is to eliminate sharing because that that's the ideal world, right? That it's just mm-hmm. based off of your good photos, your good descriptions and your good listing, your good metadata that you're including in everything. Like that's the way that it should be. Um, no, that stuff matters in Google, but that doesn't help for people that are just searching on Poshmark, which is why you're sharing. So I, I don't think I've ever really openly promoted Posture VA. No, I would say I don't, I don't think, think I ever not. have. I think I may have talked about it. Like I've talked about it on the podcast or in our discord group and stuff, but like, do I have the link in my link tree? Yeah. Do I tell people to click on it? No. I mean, if you want to click on it, give me some money. That's cool. But like it does, I use it regardless whether you're going to click on my link or not I can follow people I can send automatic offers I can do all these different things so that's why I use posture VA there are so many services out there you can try every single one of them they all have free trials see which one works for you if you're comfortable with it so uh yep it's against terms of service but until but I'm here to normalize automation yeah people still use it anyways <laughs> I mean how do you think people get sneakers on the internet they use a bot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do they get those sneakers in big drops? Bots. Yeah, I so. know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, you know, and, and it's like a said, as a topic in this community yeah. and people are probably going to yell at me, but that's fine. You can yell at me. I can take it. I'm a big girl. Well, like I said, I mean, I've like, I, I've never used a bot just because I haven't needed it, but I have no problem with people using bots. Absolutely none. I'm like, if it makes your life easier it and it makes your life easier. more money. Do don't it. care more power to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right that is the end of the q a hopefully you guys like this you get to know us a little bit better and all that fun stuff um we have a fun patreon produced episode that we are going to release next week very excited about that one um, we love our patreon produced episodes they're fun for us we get to sit down with our members and chat and they create the the script they create create it all you know we're just there to facilitate it <laughs> <laughs> which is always nice sitting there looking pretty yeah <laughs> um and then i think guys the one after that will probably be our levi's deep dive um so we're excited about that stuff and if you guys want to see or hear i should say any specific topic or you have any ideas please feel free to send us a message on Instagram. You can either DM us directly, which our Instagram links are down below, or you can just DM us on the Third Rose Villa Instagram page as well. Or you can email us, whatever, whatever works for you guys. (laughs) And I just wanted to say that I am going to be going to Austin, Texas very, very soon, people. So if you are from Austin and you know of any cool places that I should just go check out, because we were even talking about us doing like a 
like, you know, just a little episode about Austin thrifting and like when, mm-hmm. whenever Danielle and I go on a trip somewhere, talk about like, what does the thrifting look like, you know, in this other place in, in right. the States or wherever it is that we go. Right. So if you guys are from the area or you've been there and you know of like some cool spots, let us know so I can go check it out. Cause yeah, I'm going to do like a mini, a little mini review as a first timer, right? Like a first time thrifter going there. So and if anyone's in Austin, send Jenny. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know. (laughs) All right, guys. We hope you enjoy your week and we will chat with you guys next time. Bye-bye.